Welcome back to the Final Whistle Podcast. Time you run! Welcome back, listeners. Fifey and I are back for the final two rounds of the season. How are we, Fifey? Yeah, mate. Uh, pretty good. Uh, bummed at Penrith. Didn't bother showing up on the weekend, but very happy because the big black bears are back on the road again and we're in the top four for Canterbury Cup New South Wales. So looking forward to a great finals campaign with the mighty North Sydney Bears. Awesome. Can you believe there's only two regular games to go the season? Nah, mate. It's just coming towards the end of the season now. Don't know what we're going to do with ourselves, mate. Uh, you know, we've been meeting on every Tuesday, doing the pod, um, you know, talking to past players, talking to present players in uh, Paul Momorowski. It's going to be a bit different, but we do have something in the pipeworks for um, summer, so we don't get too bored. Uh, we will be doing summer series with current and past players. Uh, we've got Bray Finesse has been moved there. We've got Brendan Wakeham that's keen to come on. We've got Cade Cust that's keen to come on. We've got Brad Drew that wouldn't mind coming on. We're going to go down to Canberra and have a couple of beers with Alan Tung. We're going to get old Tucker, Tucker Craig Coleman on to have a chat about his old, his old um, days running around with South Sydney Rabbitohs, so there's a lot happening over the off-season. Lachlan Croker. Yeah, yeah, Safiti Lachlan Croker. Yeah, Safiti boys are keen to come on as well. What the boys? DWZ, yeah, okay, we can forget them, huh? St. Clair boys. So, um, there's a few things happening in the pipeline there for the summer, so stay tuned for that. Also, I want to do a massive shout-out to uh, Steve Warwick, Steinman Mao, the boys, they went over to... London last week and had the uh, London Nines on Sunday or Monday morning our time, Sunday over there and uh, came away with the trophy in the elite class. So it shows that you know those boys there, Steinman, uh, Jeffrey and a couple of the other boys there, they they're playing Ron Massey, Sydney Shield. So not at the you know not at the Premier League and they go over there and they blew it blew it off the uh, off the ballpark. They had the final against Roots Rugby. Which is a side that comes out of the USA, so it was a good, uh, good, good uh, weekend from all accounts. And when we do, when they do land back in uh, in Sydney, we're going to have them on. We're going to have a chat to them. Yeah, awesome. Congrats to all the the coaching staff out there. Uh, it was awesome to see um, some some great pictures, some great scenes out there. So if you are on social media, Facebook, Instagram, jump onto London Nines pages um, and have a look there, and also. Um, at Africa United too, some great pictures, some great stories, and um, well, this year, mate, in in one year, so Africa United as a whole, which was South Sudan, Cameroon. There's a couple of boys that came over from Cameroon, and and that they live in England that jumped into the side because we had a couple of players just pull out, they couldn't get over there, and and a couple of had a visa visa problems, but um, you know, South Sudan. When when we had the Cameroons, we split them into Africa United, and then South Sudan had their own actual. Uh, team because there was enough boys to do that, and they they took out the trophy final in in um or co co took it out with uh Glebeld Wolves. So you know two years we've won two 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 trophies in one year. Uh, the nine the nines tournament setup is highly suited to the African boys. 
Okay, that's it. We'll, um, we'll jump straight into the agenda for tonight. Um, so we'll recap round 23. Brought to us by HQ Services, Electrical and Air Conditioning. That too, we love those blokes there. <laughs> um, we'll also normal, have our normal rugby league around the ground segment, uh, touching on all, all New South Wales Cup all the way through down uh, into grassroots footy and they had some grand finals over the weekend. We'll preview round 24, I can't believe we're up to round 24 already, and then at the end we'll chat with um, our Welsh wizard, Billy uh, Forrester. Um, obviously, people that don't know him, he's the, the mining, he plays for the Mining Ducks, he's the founder, um, the owner of that sort of thing, and we'll be chatting to him about the Ducks and about London Nine, so stay tuned for that. Uh, back to some 40, mate, what caught your eye in round 23? I know they did it last year. Uh, but they're, they're doing it again this year, not not as much as last year, because obviously there was a shitload of retirements last year. Uh, but the Warriors, you know, they got thumped by the Sharks on the weekend, 42-16, to 16, yet they still managed to find time after the game, which was led by Blake Green, to get Paul Gallen in a huddle with all of them, and they thanked him for his uh, services to the great game of rugby league. Uh, and Paul Gallen was talking about it afterwards and the fact that he, he's known Blake Green since he was a five-year-old at Grey State and Devils. So um, he's known him for a while and the fact that he done that for him, it just shows, you know, they, they had done it last year with Billy, with Billy Slater and, and all the other boys that are retiring along the year. Um, I don't think they've done it with... Or they might have done it with Cooper Cronk, but I think he didn't announce it the last time they played and they won't play each other again, so... Uh, it was a good gesture from um, the Warriors and, you know, it, it shows that you go out there for 80 minutes, smash the crap out of each other, but at the end of the day, you come out, you shake hands, your mates off the field. Mate, what, what caught your eye on the weekend? Yeah, that was great to see there. Well done to the to um, Green and all the Warriors staff involved there. Uh, two debutons, both scoring and de- on debut in the same game, so Billy Smith for the Roosters and... Um, Tristan Tra- uh, Tristan Sailor uh, for the Dragons. Yeah, Tristan Sailor. He's a he's he's going to be big. There's been big raps on him. He's not as barnstorming as his dad was. He's got he's got more finesse than Big Wendell. Um, he's going to be in that in in that fabric uh, Dragons for a while to come. I dare say he'd be in their top seventeen come next year. Hundred percent. He's got. To, he'll force his way in there, um, especially the way he's played through the grades too. So yeah, so that's what caught my eye. Another um, another one that kind of caught my eye, but obviously I went with the uh, Paul Gallen um, stuff. Was uh, Micah Sivo's hit on Dallin Watani Zalesniak on uh, Thursday? And wasn't that a massive hit? I, I felt the thump from hang on my hang on my. <laughs> <laughs> it was huge. Ah, oh, mate, it was good. It, it's good to see like those. They, we always we thought those hits in rugby league um, were gone once they got rid of the um, the shoulder charge and brought in that rule. But uh, I, that's not the only time Sevo's come out and put those couple of hits on. I think him and um, George Defil have been have been practicing. <laughs> poor poor Dallin, he copped that legal hit and then he gets an illegal hit from Nathan Brown who had a. A massive brain fart a couple of weeks out from the semis. Oh, that was stupid. So, we'll, um, what did you what did you think of Josh Jackson? Did he overstep the mark, or was he doing the right thing in protecting his players? He was already going to get ten in the bin. Yeah. So, should have he just smiled and waved, or do you like seeing that from your captain? 
it's it's passion. Obviously, sticking up for his team, but well, I've, not not from a captain's point of view. I think just just let the referee deal with it accordingly. Um, but it's hard, you know, when you're in you, your players just been hit illegally. You know, Dallin could not have come back. Could have had a shoulder. Could have got a HIA because you know. Well, he stayed on, but he ended up going off. Yeah. Do you remember who the referees were for that match on the Friday? On oh, Thursday night. Without looking on your phone. <laughs> no. I, which which yeah. means which means it was a good ref game. It was, and the the referee. Um, it was very ref. The referee was very very. I know who the referee was. He was one of my mentors at Penrith uh, Penrith referees. He was very. It was. I can't. I can't think the name off the top of my head. But Grant he, Atkins. He, the way he refereed that was, was to a T. Was, yeah. Was wasn't. It didn't. Blow didn't know that they yeah. Didn't didn't go. Didn't blow, blow not enough penalties. He just was there educating the players and then understand why there was a penalty being blown. And but that's what we like to see here. You go and have a look at Manly game. 30, uh, 16, 17 penalties in, in the first half. Now, there ended up being over 30, 30 odd penalties in that, in that match. But um, I was listening to it on the radio coming home, obviously coming home from North Sydney. And the big man on, on 2GB, continuous core team, Said there's there was sixteen penalties, but all of them were warranted in the first half, which kind of because I didn't I wasn't actually watching the match. I was just going off what I was listening to on the radio. Sixteen penalties in a in a half of football, when on average, if you take out the first first half of the third game or the second game this year, where there was twelve penalties in Origin, Origin only averages about five or six penalties the whole game, if that. But for 16 penalties to happen in that game and for it to be warranted, albeit three of them were for that one-on-one strip attempts that Canberra tried to do, which failed, I, b- I believe they've got to go back to just the general one-on-one strip, not three blokes being a brick wall, hitting them, and then peeling off. Because you know what Manly were doing? Once, Manly, once the Manly players were feeling that someone was on the ball for Canberra whilst they were all in there... They let go of the ball. I went back and watched it. I went back and watched those penalties. They let go of the ball. So now it's a natural penalty because they're still on there. So, you know, I think I think um, the attacking teams that are copping these one-on-one strips, I think they've caught on now on how to get around it. You feel someone on the ball, let go of the ball if there's more than three, uh, one in the tackle. It's going to be a penalty every day of the week. Makes sense to me. Nathan Brown... Leaves the Knights effectively immediately. Thoughts on this, mate? Mate, Joey said the Joey said the best. Like you know, yes, he's yay for mortal. Some people don't like him because of what he done off the field. But his words on Saturday night on footy on Channel Nine were as true as the the, the sun being hot in summer. They, they, they've come out. come out. Mate. They've come out. Like you know, he, I think he steered away from he steered away from Newcastle. hasn't done anything with Newcastle post retirement. You know, he's done stuff with Roosters, done stuff with Manly. I don't think he wants to go back there because then there'll be too much weight on his shoulders as a specialist or whatever he goes to do there. It'd be too much. But you saw his passion for a club that he spent his whole career at. Won two premierships for. It, it came out on the week on Saturday night. He came out and he said they sabotaged it. And I 100% agree with him. Why couldn't they go on 
and done it behind closed doors, which I have no doubt that Nathan Brown and Phil Gardner did this, but the little snitch that, I'm not going to say his name because for once, I, it's a name that I don't remember um, because don't know him. He played 28 first grade games according to Kenty and he was crap about it. But he's come in, he's divided a wedge between administrators, players and Brown. He got two administrators on his side, a couple of players in there, along with player player manager Moses. And they've created a wedge there. You know, like a head coach over a recruitment manager. So you go with your head coach every day of the week. 100%. It's coming at the worst time of the year. I know I'm a Knights fan and it's... You know, Brady, you're, still, you're still fighting for fucking finals. They should have just, once the, once the night season was over, then they announced it then. Um, the worst time of the year. If they wanted to do this, they should have done it five, they should have done it. If he wasn't the man to take, taken through, they should have done it five weeks ago when they went on that trot of losing six in a row. Joey's 100% spot on. Uh, he lives in Bridge, Newcastle. Like he said, he won two premierships there. Um, the fans and the members, they... Obviously, they deserve answers into what the hell is going on there. Like, Tinkler come in, that was a disaster. Uh, Wayne Bennett come in, that disaster. was a disaster. And then they've gone here, Brownie, make us a top eight. Who side. was between Bennett and Brownie? Rick Stone. Yeah. And then that wasn't working. Um, and, you know, there's, there's not much Rick Stone for today anyway. Uh, and then they thought, oh, here you go, Brownie, let's fix it. Yeah, he, he won two, He won the two spoons, and then come, what, ninth last year, just missed the eight. Uh, and then finally, after four years, he's actually can recruit players because the salary cap was desired out, and we're still paying three coaches, including Ethan Brown, uh, under, the, under our cap. But, um, yeah, it is... It is it is concerning because like it doesn't matter if the knights will get the knights won twelve games in three years and they're still getting twenty thousand people turning to the games. You you look at the roosters they won they're going for back to back premierships. They can only get six and a half. They have never put twenty thousand in their stadium in the last three years other than grand finals semi finals. Um, so the passion the passion there they turn up. Yeah, West groups came in and, and, and took it over, and they've got money galore. But you look at like yeah, you know, Brown, you know, Brainy got Pierce only because he got Pierce because Cronk came in. He he got Clemmer, got the players that he's wanted. But he had he had to, he had to spend the money. Hundred percent. There was, there was yeah. a million and a half. They're not going to get fined for not using the whole salary cap. Now there's talks that Raymond's going to come back now because Brown's not there. So. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going on yeah, there. There was talks there, but he's knocked back Bulldogs. He's knocked back Cowboys. He wants to go back to the Sharks. The Sharks can't have him because they're, 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 they're over the cap already. And they can't afford him. Um, so, but he wanted to go to Newcastle because his daughter lives up there. So yeah, well, why go back to the Sharks? You, your family's... He wants to be back in the Sydney Basin again. Um, look, my take on it is that the full story hasn't come out. Um, Gordy knows him really well and Gordy spoke on Triple M saying that the real story will come out he's gonna Nathan Brown's gonna tell Gordy the real story over a beer one day when it's all settled down but he came out and he said six weeks ago he knew I guarantee six weeks ago he would have had a chat with Phil Gardner and, and it would have been done there someone's caught wind of it in that back room 
and has pushed it through the media through the media to the point now where he's come out and said yeah yeah end of last year and then they go out and play a dismal game where they got absolutely smashed and then now it's all of a sudden going and now all of a sudden it's alright immediately gone see you later it's crazy like if obviously they're Adam O'Brien's going to come in. There's, you know, so. Well, he's pissed off Uncle Nick, according to if 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 you if you read between the lines in the media. But he was there on North Sydney on the weekend, Adam O'Brien. So well, he's, the, he's all good. What's the point of bringing an inexperienced coaching to fix the place when Nathan Brown has he's been there for almost five years and hasn't been able to do it? With all his experience. Now, look, Nathan Brown, and I'll, I'll be deadly honest here, Nathan Brown has recruited good players. He's tried to snap their, their drinking culture away. I believe he's dented that a bit. Adam O'Brien comes from the Roosters, and before that comes from Melbourne Storm. I can almost 100% guarantee you he will bring the Craig Bellamy preseason. With the Robbo smarts. And, you know, we had Chris James in here a couple of weeks back, and he said that Robbo's a really smart coach. So Adam Brian, Adam O'Brien, over the, the year and a bit that he's been there, he would have picked his brain and got what he what he, what he was after the, to start building his CV for a first-grade coach. And he's been down in the Melbourne system for many years. He will know what preseason... He will know what he can do for winning, preseason. Winning culture there. Let's just hope that he's done enough apprenticeship underneath Bellamy and Robbo to bring the best out of Newcastle. Otherwise, the Newcastle fans, who are a lively bunch, will tear him to shreds. 100%. Just before we finish this intro, another interesting thing is the Broncos are going to sit down with Darius Boyd and uh, ask him to retire at the end of the year. What's your thoughts on this? And I'll just leave it with your thoughts. Um, well, they need money to sign David Fafita. They need money to sign a couple of players. Yeah, so what's he on a million dollars a year? Um, be able to re-sign a couple of those players. Makes sense for me. He's not the Darius Boyd of, of old. No. Um, but then again, the player has every right to play him because he signed that contract. So it'll be interesting to see what he does. I feel that... Um, he should hang up the boots, but I'm not. I'm not Darius Boyd, and I'm, I'm not. I don't know how if he still gets up for games, or is still mentally prepared, or is his you know recovery preparation is, is still the same. But if his heart's not there, I feel that he needs to leave the Broncos. He needs to give the Broncos um, that returning gift, like they did to him when they let him come back, um, sort of thing. So. That's just my take on it, um, and that's the intro for round 24. Stay tuned for the recap of round 23. G'day guys, here is the recap of round 23 brought to you by the boys at HQ Services Electrical and Air Conditioning. Summer is fast approaching guys, if you want air conditioners or fans, you want to make sure that your outdoor area has all the technology devices available for our teens and kids these days that like to be on technology all the time hit them up on facebook and uh, go from there guys they are really good guys fast efficient uh, and very good on your back pocket so we'll get straight into it thursday night 
a brilliant defensive display from Canterbury led by inspirational skipper Josh Jackson has earned a thrilling 12 points to 6 win over the Eels at Bankwest Stadium in a match that has had repercussions for both teams. Nathan Brown shoulder charges has taken the early charge or early early guilty plea and is out for two weeks and Remus Smith leading with the head have uh, they were both seen been in the uh, second half and they are both been suspended. The loss just the second all year at their new home ground Tense Parramatta's hopes of a top four finish, but a home final in three weeks still beckons if they can stay in fifth or sixth. The result also keeps Canterbury's tiny final hopes flickering. I think that flicker did die on the weekend with... Warriors losing. Yeah, with a result with the Warriors losing on the weekend. I think that that was one of the results they needed to go their way, and it didn't. So I think their flickering chances might have finished now. They, uh, as we just spoke about, they needed, they needed to win both their last games and several other results, which were 11 results, and I think we think one of the results has gone the other way. In between the dramas, there were some thrilling end-to-end football as the Eels' high-octane attack repeatedly came unstuck in the face of the Stone Bulldogs' defence. Yeah, I think Manu Ma'u, after try assisting the first try, knocked four balls on. Uh, two of them probably shouldn't have been passed from Moses because obviously he was... Right at the right at the uh, defence line when he passed those balls. The resurgent Bulldogs have now beaten the Panthers, the Tigers, the Rabbitohs, and Eels in successive weeks to breathe new life into a season that looked dead and buried when they slumped to a 3-11 win-loss ratio after 14 rounds. Man, the match goes to Will Hopawati with one try, two offloads, three line breaks, 19 tackle breaks. 19 runs for 269 metres and 19 tackles. Sivo's shot on Dallin with Selaznak, which we spoke about in the intro, Dale. Hit of the season? Uh, yep, up there in the top three, but it's probably not the hit of the season. I think Josh, I think Tafua, or another, um, another one that's not just come to mind at the moment, will probably get the hit of the season, but it's there or thereabouts. No, but I think it was the Tafua one that was on the Bulldogs player, wasn't it? Was it was it Bulldogs? I don't know. It was a massive hit. Yeah. I think the divot's still on the ground. <laughs> uh, first game Friday, the North Queensland Cowboys shrugged off midweek drama and a lengthy injury list to break a five-game losing streak in Townsville on Friday night. Out enthusiasm, uh, <laughs> a lackluster Penrith Panthers 24-10 at 1-300 Smile Stadium. The Panthers look nothing like a team fighting to stay in touch with the top eight and their finals hopes are now on life support. Man the match went to Kyle Felt. Two tries, two line breaks, 11 tackle breaks, 15 runs for 201 metres and 10 tackles. Fifey has the, has the investment in the clearies paid off. Wouldn't say yes off it, but look, their season was stunned and dusted. Before a ball was kicked, uh, the sex tape scandal absolutely annihilated their season before the ball was kicked. Uh, unfortunately, you know, people want to say, "Oh, yeah, you know, you can shrug it off." You can't shrug that off, mate. It's it's something that these players, not just at Penrith, across the NRL, need to know when and where they can and can't have their phones, film shit. You know, you got a task at hand. You're getting paid 
good dollars to train four days a week, play a game on one day and do a bit of community work in between that all. You know, and then you can do your pathways into your, your university degrees and whatever else, you know. So they need to, um, yeah, just put the phones away and then stuff like this won't happen. As for the question that you've asked, I'd say no this year, but there's still four years to go. It's a new five-year plan <laughs> without Gussie around. <laughs> the Cleary plan. Oh, look, mate, he, he's, he's blooded eight debutants this year. If, if if you look back... Nine this week. Well, yeah, nine with Billy Smith being blooded this week. If you look back at something and you want to say, okay, what are we... What's our best thing that we've done this year? And that would be bringing in new blood. Um, you know, you look at the current 17, you've got Isaiah Yo, Dean Faraway, and James Tamo that are probably the only players that didn't play local footy within the Penrith district. Isaiah from Dubbo. James has obviously played... Queensland. Well, he played, started up in North Queensland, but he didn't play his juniors in Penrith. He did play somewhere in New South Wales because he's a New South Welshman. Um, and then, yeah, Dean Farrow came from the other side of... The ditch. The ditch as well, so... Blooding juniors and local juniors, like he, he's he's unearthed the next decade-long hooker for Penrith and Mitch Kenny. Brent Naden, he's a Wellington boy, but he did come down younger at a younger age as well and played. Uh, Matt Burton, going to be the replacement for James Maloney, hundred percent. I guarantee you, he'll beat the race. He, he'll he'll beat Jerome Luai to that race to be that that five-eight outside Nathan Cleary. The boys, uh, Sani and, and that from Minchinbury, great great boys. They're going to be around for, you know, next five, six, seven years. Brian Toto. So he's blooded players. That's that's the biggest thing there. Moving on to uh, the second Friday night game. When Damien Cook try-saving tackle for the ages on Corey Oates in the final minute. And an all-round masterclass in attack has inspired a stunning and brave Rabbitohs to a 22-20 win over the Broncos in a game worthy of the intense and controversial build-up that produced it. The lead-up focused on the coaches, but it was the players that delivered an end-to-end spectacle worthy of a grudge match that had plenty on the line. South Sydney's spine was the difference in the clash, with Damian Cook and Harves pairing Cody Walker and Adam Reynolds on fire. Man of the match, uh, Damien Cook with one try, four offloads, three tackle breaks, one line break, assist, 13 runs for 125 metres, and 50 tackles. Now, we did put this out on our Facebook page, and the majority of the responses were to send him off. Dale, should Jimmy the Jet have been sent off for his late and unprovoked elbow on Corey Oates? 100%. That was a grub act, Corey. It, there was, there was always there was, the ball was already out. Both players were already out. Not to come over the top and just nail the bloke in the head with your elbow with intent. Um, what do you? What more do you have to do these days for a send off? Well, go ask Nick Cotric. Do a spear tackle. There spear tackle from the eighties. That that'll get you sent off every day of the week. Well, but it won't because two others have done it and they didn't get sent off either. 
moving on to the first game on Saturday. Which we, yeah, sorry guys, just to point out, we didn't really see much of these games. We did watch highlights. Uh, Dale went to watch uh, a friend of his get married, and I was stuck out at our field watching Division One semi-finals hosting them all Saturday. So do Sh- go on. Sharks thump Warriors to stay in the eighth. A re-energised Sharks outfit ran in seven tries, including a brace from veteran centre Josh Morris to make relatively light work of the Warriors with a convincing 42-16 win at Points Bet Stadium on Saturday afternoon. The Sharks now leapfrog the Broncos in the seventh spot on the ladder, while the Warriors will be looking to salvage a little pride with their remaining games against the Rabbitohs and Raiders. Since the top eight finish is out of the question, now the top eight finish is now out of the question. Man of the match: Josh Morris, two tries, one offload, two tackle breaks, one line break assists, nine runs for 118 meters, and nine tackles. Warriors coach stated the Warriors needed to do some soul searching. Is this a fair statement? The Warriors coach needs to do some soul searching. He just needs to find a different game plan or a game plan that actually bloody works to fire these Warriors players up. We, we talk about it every year. They're either going to be up there in the eight or they're going to be down the bottom half of the bottom the bottom half of the of the bottom half. Um, their away road run this year was better than what it normally is. They just got off to a slow and sluggish start at home. They just need to go away. Probably come back a week or two earlier than what everyone else would do in preseason. Just hit the ground running. Find him. Find some some camps away where they're just no phones, no nothing, just working together. They need to be broken and then brought back. Other than your back three and possibly some of your forwards, there's nothing there in the Warriors at the moment. They need to regroup in this off season and 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 bring home. Their first title. I'd love to see the Warriors win. I, I guarantee you, if the, if the Warriors win the NRL title, there will be fireworks from one end of New Zealand to the other on the border, sky high. Hundred percent. It's not like they haven't got world class players there. You got like their fullbacks won a premiership. They got Golden Boot winner as well. Golden Point winner, Daly M winner. Um, you got you Harris, got- who's won a title. You got, the Melbourne system. You've got Ken Mamalo, you've got... Isaac Luke's won the Premiership. Yeah, you've got Fusatua. Well, he didn't win the Premiership as such, but he was in the Adam Premiership. Adam won the Premiership. You know, yeah. He's been in the Melbourne system. system. Melbourne system, you know what I mean? So, anyway, he's going to the game I don't want to talk about. <laughs> is it 2019 or is it 2005? I just didn't know when I watched back these highlights. The Benji Brilliance is what everyone's calling it. The ben- Benji Marshall has also orchestrated a masterclass to help West Tigers keep their finals hopes alive and derail Newcastle's in the process with a record-breaking 46-4 victory at Campbelltown Stadium. The joint venture took a 30-blot advantage into halftime with five unanswered tries as the Knights responded poorly to the news earlier in the week that Nathan Brown would leave at season's end. Well, now effectively, immediately, which left the Knights being felt embarrassed. 
Great stat here. Tigers completed at 90%. Man the match. We cannot go past Benji with his four-try assist in a vintage performance. Although there was no flick passes, he did really good. That performance leaves Brown satisfied. His time is up at Newcastle. Is that a fair statement, Dale? Um, well, the way that the way that he got his players up and the way that the players performed, you would say yes. I feel has been hard done by. Um, it was absolutely. Shamozel. Even when we even when we did cop the spoons, we were still in it. We were still in it. We we gave it all for eighty minutes. We just didn't have the quality um, and and the players. The biggest across the line, but in this like. You look at Pierce and Ponga, and you know, you look at some of those, you know, some of those players that were there that just gave up. Like you just don't, you cannot give up in this game. Um, one, you earn a million dollars a year for some of those blokes, so you earn some good coin. The fans that turn up and would have sat in the cold out there at, um, at Campbelltown on Saturday night, and all the ones that travelled down. From, from Newcastle, they deserve better than that. And, it, you know, it doesn't matter who it is, doesn't matter what team it is, doesn't matter if you drove five minutes to the stadium and you saw that. If I didn't have a wedding, I was going to this game and it would have been absolutely um, heartbreaking, you know what I mean? Like, the, they were showing me bits and pieces of different games, of Ponga's game, Pierce's game, where, you know, the one percenters weren't there and the effort wasn't there. And it is concerning. And, you know what, it would have surprised us if the Titans come down and beat us this week, and they'll just sum up our whole season in one, from from eight weeks ago to you know being fourth spot or fifth spot, fifth spot, fourth, fifth, fourth or fifth spot to end up twelfth is absolutely embarrassing. But anyways, we'll go into the final game on Saturday. Cronk and Teddy send title warning. Sydney Roosters coach Trent Robertson was asked ahead of the Saturday night's game against St George Illawarra whether his side was playing as well now as they were in the corresponding time of last year's premiership winning campaign. After turning on a first half clinic to, to thump 34-12, uh, to, to thump the Dragons 34-12 at Jubilee Stadium, the Roosters appeared to be as well placed to win back-to-back titles as any team since Broncos achieved this feat in 1992-93. In fact, it is uh, hard to recall a team playing with more confidence, control, direction and outright brilliance since Joey Johns led Newcastle side featuring Danny Madeira, Robbie Davis, Ben Kennedy, Steve Simpson, Matt Gidley, Mark Hughes and Tamara Tahu to the 2001 Premiership. Like the Knights, the Roosters play at speed and continually have bodies in motion to provide Halfback Cooper Cronk with options to choose from every time he receives the ball. Man of the match again, James Tedesco. One try, two offloads, two line breaks, two try assists, eight tackle busts, two line break assists, 20 runs for 237 metres. Is this Roosters side the best chance of any side in history to go back to back? Well, you got to look back at the sides that actually had the chance. Melbourne Melbourne, 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 Melbourne did in in oh seven oh eight. Um, they lost Cameron Smith and got absolutely annihilated against Manly. Then you had twelve thirteen. No, 
No, the, the, the only other one that's actually had back-to-back was again was the Storm. They beat the Cowboys, lost against the Roosters. Yeah, so the only other team that's really had, had any chance there is the Storm, and they did it both times with quality, quality stacked sides. Um, I'd love to see the Roosters go back-to-back. I just feel that they've come against sides in this back half of this season in the run to the finals where they should have put them away but again with this game here which I watched they fell away in the second half kind of let them back in took the foot off the gas you can't do that you know if you're sending a statement out there you want to send a massive statement much to you know like what they do to to the Titans, you know, they, they they backed off from the Bulldogs and they almost lost against the Bulldogs. They can't be switching off. Uh, one thing I did like though was the Cooper Croc, and he, he he's the master of this. He he works and works his works his butt off. His crossfield kick for 35 meters to standing on his out there on his own tupu to go and score on the corner. That kick, if you're a halfback as a kid, you're watching that and you're going out to the park and you're practicing it. Over and over and over just to get that kick to be able to face towards the post, kick it across your body at nine meters out from the try line, and hit your winger two meters out untouched. That there is dedication. Dedication. As for that, Roosters might. Most likely will go back to back, barring injuries or suspensions to key players, or even move injuries to key players. They still won it last year, didn't they? <laughs> Sunday, a sloppy storm overcome the Gold Coast Titans' fast start. Melbourne Storm have inched closer to clinching the minor premierships. They should have the minor premiership, shouldn't they? How far, how far out in front are they? Oh, Roosters have better for and against, but they're four in front. Yeah, they, they win this weekend, they've got it. Yeah. After, uh, after overcoming a slow start to defeat the Gold Coast Titans 24-8 at Amy Park on Sunday afternoon, it was billed as a David versus Goliath struggle, with first taken on last in a huge mismatch on paper. I think the Titans got out to 11 bucks on Saturday Arvo. But the Titans took it right up to their more fancied opponents early to take an 8-6 lead into half-time. Was it 8-6 or was it 2-0? It was 8-0 and 8-6. 8-6 and half-time. All right, I've just heard other reports on the radio, it was 2-0. But the Storm responded after the break to pile on three unanswered tries to clinch their 18th victory of the season and regain their four-point advantage at the top of the Telstra Premiership ladder. Man, the match goes to the younger brother, Kenny Bromwich, with one try, one offload, one line break, three tackle breaks, one line break assist, 11 runs for a tough 82 metres and 29 tackles. Two, in a row, two weeks in a row, mate, complacency has kicked in. Is bellyache getting worried? Uh, you can call it complacency. You can call it whatever you like. I don't think it was complacency. It was, it was a bit of much where it was just an uns- I think the Titans come out with a great game plan. Uh, they put Melbourne off their game. Um, 
I really do feel that Melbourne did take them a bit light, uh, you know, first versus last sort of thing, and they could just stroll across. Um, but I think the, the discipline, um, they completed like 48% in the first half or something. So, um, and it, was, it wasn't the Titans, it was the Titans making them errors. It wasn't impact, it was just an unstormlike performance. They just kept going out the back, out the back, you know, touchline to touchline, where Storm was all about that. Winning the ruck, dominating Damn forwards, the back. kicking, kicking long, and then making teams come at it from the end and, and creating errors. Where they were just playing touch footy and they keep getting, um, keep getting frustrated. And there's just more penalties and more penalties. And against another side, um, you know, it could have been a different story. But what about Philip Sammy running down Josh Adokar? Did you think that Philip Sammy's Got a lot of speed, or did Josh Adokar just back off? Uh, well, he it looked like he pulled up, and then after it, he was um, stretching for his calves and hamstrings. So it was, it was great by Sam because he obviously had a couple more meters come across there. Um, but I'd love to see him go 100 meters each. See, see who'd come off. I'm still back in um, Josh Adokar. Um, Move on to the uh, the. Supposed game of the round. Injury hit merely moving to fourth. A brain snap by Raiders centre Joey Lou has proved costly for the Raiders as Manly, despite being down two players due to injury for much of the game, have continued their late season surge towards the finals with a high octane 18-14 win at Jerry Oak Stadium. Manly were forced to reshuffle their side when Moses Sully went off with a leg injury and Joel Thompson with a broken arm failed to return in the second half. The Seagulls were able to grab control of the game in the 51st minute when Leilu was placed on report for hitting Ruben Garrick late as he scored a runaway try with the ensuing penalty making it eight an eight-point try. What should have been 10 or deadlock became 12-8 to a manly lead. 12-10, yeah. Yeah, 12-10, and they never um, trailed from that point on. Whiten went endlessly close to scoring in the 77th minute, but Manly were able to scramble despite a late sin bidding to Morgan Boyle. As the home side finished short, man of the match for Neil Blake with four tackle breaks, 15 runs, 189 metres and 31 tackles. Leilua's brain snap did it cost his side a valuable two points. <laughs> like, what he did, yeah, was wrong, but he had already scored a try. All he did was guaranteed it. You know, guaranteed an extra two points. They ended up being four points clear, so a two, two points wouldn't have... Wouldn't have you know, you take it back out there, kick from the sideline. It's it's a two point ball game still. So, in you know, inadvertently, no, he didn't cost the side. I feel that they should have gone back to the bloody but dummy half play where he's passed it, and the minute I was practically standing in the Raiders attacking line, they should have gone all the way back to their play ball. But then it would have never got to that eight. It would never have got to that eight point try. Yeah, no, nah, look, mate, you, you got to, unfortunately, even if it's as bad as it is, with players being offside and being missed, you've got to play to the whistle. 
And that's what they did, they chased, he chased it down, but then he's just gone and dropped the knee. So then Croker slotted from the sideline, moves to the front, slotted it there, gives him that four point advantage. But you gotta, you know, you, you just gotta not put yourself into those positions to lose a match. But yeah, Leilua, massive brain snap and suspended for it. Two weeks, oh, and you'll miss the final two games. Uh, play the round. It's it's a good it's a tough one. There's some good players out there. Um, can't go past the vintage wine of uh, Marshall. We've got a lot of vintage wines out there at the moment, haven't we? We've got Cameron <laughs> Smith, Paul Gallen, and probably Farrow. If, if you go if you go on a vintage wine, you probably wouldn't drink a vintage wine gallon just. You might Just start, drink it by the gallon. You might start losing a bit um, because obviously he's had a lot of losses in his in his game. But a few peptides in it. Yeah, a bit of peptides. But um, yeah, Marshall, he's just turning back the clock again. So for me, it's 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 Benji Marshall. Um, what about you, bud? You, you got anyone else that you can put into it? I'll pick Benji. Um, just four tries, this. Um, it did look like a Benji of 2005 about the flip passes. Um, I keep harping on about James Tedesco. We always mention him, but I really, I feel that Benji needs uh, mentioned there in the back end of his career. Um, he was we expect that from Tedesco each week, um, but with Benji, um, with Luke Brooks sort of taking the reins there, um, Benji just made it personal really. Come out and said, you know what, get on the back of me, boys. We'll make the eight. Yeah, no, he, he did good. Um, Josh Reynolds playing a bit out of out of his debt. You know, maybe another game game or two there if they make the finals. You know, he, he'll come good. Um, it was good to see Josh grab him back in there. It was great to see him play. Uh, yeah, my other name on the list here is Damien Cook. Again, we, we mention him each week. He, he does a good job. Lightning fast. He did have a quiet spell after Origin. But he's come back with a, he's back with a vengeance now, and moving forward, he's going to be really, really, really good for the Rabbitohs come final series, mate. Teaming around for you? Uh, well, I'll pick Manly. Um, you know, they're going away. They've won in in Melbourne. They've gone down to the Raiders, beat Raiders down in Canberra. They got injury lists the size of my arm. Well, it's not that much then, is it? <laughs> they, got, they, got, they, got, they got suspensions. Um, what Desi's done with them to to be in the top four at this point, and someone told me Manly will come fourth round one, let on round one this year. I would put my house on it that they wouldn't have been top four. So the way that this bloke has turned his team around is instrumental. Um, and Manly, for me, the way they turned up, they Two players left on the bench. At one stage they had none, but two of them were in for, other two players were in for HIA. Um, but to go down there, cop injuries, to be down, um, you know, midway through that first half, um, all credit to, to Desi and the, and the Manly boys. Mate, I did have Manly written down, but if the, if the uh, very good listeners could hear, I was rustling through the papers to have another look at, at the teams, and I've changed it, mate. I'm going to go... With the top eight killers, the Bulldogs. Uh, you know, they've come up against a lot of top eight teams. We have a side that was destined on very early to go the spoon. And um, 
yeah, they're doing really good. Um, you know, since Dallin with Henning Zelezniak has come on, it must have breathed a bit of fire into him. You know, a player that's leaving a side that was in the top eight at the time to a team that was coming near dead last. And, um, yeah, now they, they were, with a bit of luck, almost into the eight after being 3 and 11 after 14. That would have been some kind of bloody story. And a lot of the main, main uh, media outlets would have um, ran with that. They're going to be better next year. They won't be as low as they are now. They will, they'll be good for this. They will go through next year. And then when the, the war chest comes midway through next year for 2021, look out. They will go big. You know, we've already heard rumours that the you know, Dravojevic brothers, they, will, they, they did earmark them this year. They've earmarked Latrell Mitchell. They've earmarked a couple other players. They're going to go big and they're going to go big very, very soon, mate. 100%. Your tips, mate? Ah, uh, mate, I don't, I don't think I actually looked. Uh, I think maybe four or five. Yeah, I think so. I've got five. Uh, Trev, I think. Trev. Trev Allen. Trev yeah. Allen's at top. He's four points clear of second. Um, no pressure, mate, but uh, I think you've got it wrapped up here. Um, so, but, you know, there's a couple of, this thing is, a couple of them are just behind him. There's two points, so anything can happen in the... In the final two rounds. Alright, guys, that's the recap of round 23. Uh, stay tuned for Rugby League Around the Grounds. G'day, guys, here we go. Around the Grounds, New South Wales Rugby League and a bit of overseas action as well. <coughs> Get straight into it. Canterbury Cup, New South Wales. Newtown Jets beat the Western Suburbs Magpies 42 points to 14. Wenty Magpies defeated the Bulldogs 28-20. Dragons defeated the Warriors 28-0. The Bears, as we spoke about and uh, was on Channel 9 on Sunday Arvo, on Gem, 42-24 victors over the Penny Panthers. The Knights, they went down to the Rabbitohs, 4 points to 32. And Mounties... Just defeated Blacktown Workers Seagulls, 30 points to 26. So with one round remaining, your ladder looks like this. <clears throat> the Rabbitohs are out on top with 30 points. They versus Wendy Ma Magpies this weekend. Uh, they could wrap up the minor premiership there. Dragons are one point behind on 29. They versus the Bulldogs, who are in third. So there could be a bit of movement there. If uh, Rabbitohs were to lose to Wenny and Dragons were to win, they'd get the minor premiership. So all good up there. Uh, the Bears are on fourth with 26 points. We have Mounties this week. Uh, Panthers are in fifth, equal on points. Before and against is better. Uh, Panthers have Blacktown Workers, Seagulls as well. Um, then Mounties are in sixth. Newtown Jets are in 7th and the Wenty Magpies are in 8th. The Warriors, if they can come away with a victory against Western Suburbs Magpies this week, uh, they need to do it by 40 points to make it. So you could almost dare, dare say that the, the 8 is wrapped up. It's just... It can move around a bit, so if the Bears were to lose, Panthers were to win, Panthers would go to third if Dragons were to win. 
uh, Mounties will go to fourth and Bears will drop all the way to, uh, fifth and Bears will drop all the way down to sixth. So um bit of movement that can happen around in the eight there, but all the Bears have got to focus on is coming out and winning. On the Ron Massey, the Glebe Burwood Wolves went down by a cricket score, 16 points to to 66 against St. Mary's. Cabramatta defeated Asquith Magpies. Uh, 20 points to 16. Brothers, well, this is more of a cricket score. Brothers got absolutely annihilated by Mounties, 72 blot. The Bulls defeated Western Suburbs Magpies, 29-14. And Guford Owls went down to Wentworthville Magpies, 36 points to 10. And Blacktown Workers Seagulls had a bye. So as we're talking about, uh, last week with Trev, Seagulls have St. Mary's and they need to win because they're equal on points with the Bulls. Uh, I don't see it happening. No points difference will, will hurt them there. So uh, Wentworthville Magpies are out in front. Uh, I dare say they probably wrapped the minor premiership up this week. Unless... They lose, and St. Mary's puts a cricket score on Blacktown Workers. St. Mary's are second, Mounties are third, Asquith Magpies are fourth, Guilford Owls are fifth, Western Suburbs Magpies are sixth, Cabaret Matter are seventh, and the Hills Bulls round that eight out and will most likely stay that way. Moving on to Sydney Shield and... St. Mary's also had a win in that one against Sydney Uni on the weekend. Uh, 18 points to 28 was the, that score there because Saints were away. Cabramatta had a win over Asquith Magpies. They got themselves back into the winner's circle there, 34 to 28. Hills Bulls uh, hosted East Campbelltown Eagles and lost that match, 10 points to 64. The Guilford Owls came away with a win against Wentworth Field Magpies, 36-32. Brothers had a defeat to Ride Eastwood Hawks, 8 points to 44, and the Moorbank Rams ran out 60 points to 16 victors over Belrose Eagles. Just looking at that ladder there, uh, Cabaret Matter, I dare say, would we'll win against Sydney Uni this week. Uh, the ladder is uh, Cabaret Matter, they have, even though they had those three losses, have round one the minor premiership. They've Wrap that one up with three points clear. St. Mary's are in second. East Campbelltown Eagles are third. Equal third, sorry, with Wright Eastwood Hawks. For and against split that. Guilford Owls in fifth. Moorbank Rams in sixth. Wenny Magpies are in seventh. And Asquith Magpies round out the eight on 19 points. Moving on to Jersey Flag for their final round of the year. It's been a weird year for them. They've had like a, a few buy rounds in between. So they've had a stop-start season, but here we go. Eels had a win up against Bulldogs 28-10. The Cronulla Sharks defeated the Roosters 24-16. West Tigers defeated the Thunderbolts 28-8. Dragons had a victory over Warriors 42-22. The Bears went down to the Panthers uh, 56-6. Raiders defeated mainly 48-12, and the Knights defeated... The Rabbitohs 36-32. The latter 
See, Sharks and Roosters go into round one. The last round here, tied on points, 27. For and against is 14 points. Panthers and Knights are third and fourth. Uh, and Raiders as well. You can throw them in there on 24 points. Then the Rabbitohs and Bulldogs are on 23. And then the Dragons are on 21 with the West Tigers. Just sitting out also on 21. Uh, the for and against there. So, um... Tigers have the Warriors, who are below them. Dragons have the Raiders this week, who are equal third, you should say. Uh, so Roosters have the Rabbitohs. And the Sharks have the Knights. So those games there are going to decide who is minor premiers. So we won't know until this weekend is done and dusted. Nor will we know what the final setup is until the Dragons and Tigers have played their matches because they're equal on points. And if you're a West Tiger supporter, you'll want Raiders to come out and smash the Dragons. And if you're a Dragon supporter, you'll want the Warriors to kick the Tigers' butt. Moving on to the Newcastle Business Plaza Cup. And their final round happened on the weekend, so they are in the semi-finals. Uh, so the Lions, they went down to... The Cessnock Goannas, uh, 14 points to 18. The Maitland Pickers defeated the Seagulls, 34-26. The Rosellas had a win over the Scorpions, 38-18. The Butcher Boys defeated Curry Curry Bulldogs by a point, 13-12, effectively ending their season. So Curry Curry Bulldogs, the, Scorpion, uh, the Lake Macquarie Scorpions, and the Seagulls, have their finished their season semi-final week one sees Maitland Pickers versus the Cessnock Goennas in a in a knockout. Loser will pack up and have Mad Monday. And South Merriweather Lions will versus the Central Coast uh, Central Newcastle Butcher Boys to go and verse the Rosellas for a spot in the grand final. But looking at this ladder here, mate, Rosellas finish up ten points above. Uh, do you see anyone coming close to the Rosellas? Not with they smashed the point by 10 points, but semi-final football brings it's out. The best. On to some local and some overseas results. Um, so Panth, um, the Penrith District had their grand finals over the weekend, so we'll run through them. Um, starting with Wingham Tigers, they are the reserve grade champions after defeating Tun Curry. 22-10 in the grand final. Congratulations, um, Country Rugby League up there. So yep. That's another one, awesome. St Mary's under-13 ones are the premiers. St Mary's under-14 ones are the premiers. They defeated Doonside, Ruse, 24-10, and uh, I'm led to believe Doonside, again, only had 13 players on the grand final, so it was a, a mammoth effort uh, for St Mary's to actually beat the minor premiers. Indeed. St Mary's under 14 girls, um, ones, they are the premiers as well. 15 ones went to Collo, they defeated St Mary's 24 10. Collo finished fourth and kept winning and winning and winning and won the grand final. So, congratulations to all those boys that play at Collo there, great effort. Under 16 1 girls, brothers defeated St Mary's 26 22. Under 18 girls, Mandrake Lions defeated St Mary's. 32-4. In the Open Women's, St. Mary's defeated Mincho, 32-16. St. Mary's won under 17 ones grand final, so they're premiers there. St. Mary's are the C-grade premiers also. In reserve grade, 
Uh, St. Pat's defeated. They beat the defeated Sinclair, buddy. Uh, this makes it their third uh, consecutive victory in the A Reserve Division 1 competition. Uh, it's been the same coach and the same crux of the team for the last three years. So the coach is Chris Amadadouet, and the captain of the A Reserve for the last three years is uh, Tyson Brown. Uh, so, guys, we just wanted to have a quick, uh, yeah. Uh, out there at, at Panther Stadium. Um, so yeah, our, our, um, our main man there, Trev, he was on Hawkesbury Radio doing the C grade A reserve and A grade grand finals. It was a nice sunny day. If I wasn't out of Bear Park, I probably would have been up there watching some footy. Awesome. Some overseas results. Um, Warrington, they defeated St Helens to win the Challenge Cup. Dismal um, crowd. Yeah, we got St Helens, isn't it? 12 points clear in, in, in Super League. In Super League. And, that they were paying like a dollar one like Stormwater on the weekend. <laughs> yeah, but the crowd was really poor. Yeah, it was. Um, so maybe uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't follow that too story. much. I just saw yeah, some of the pictures weren't that good. Our mate Billy was there. Of course, Billy yeah. was there. Yeah, it's one of any of the African boys actually got a ticket and made their way through there. We'll soon find out. Africa United 2019 London Nine Champions in the Elite Group. Uh, London Scholars are the 2019 London Champions for the Social Group. Roots Rugby, the 2019 London Nines Women's Open Champions. And Brooklyn Kings have won their first crown um, in the USA Rugby League National Ch Championship after defeating the Jacksonville Axemen. 12-6 that score was, and uh, I did see there was some stuff there. One of the, uh, one of the USA... Governing bodies has given up his uh, their, their their fight or their push to go forward with it, and so it's now going to be one 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 banner. I'm um, just moving on to Parramatta uh, Division Two to Division Four have their grand finals and Division One for your mini and your mini and your mods as well. So at Maryland's Oval this weekend, you'll have in the under nines Division Four All Saint Toon Gabby Tigers up against Hills Districts. Uh, in the nines there, also in the nines three, Marconi Mustangs will verse Kenley Height Dragons in the Division Three Grand Final. In Division Two D Tier B, they've they've split the tiers here. So Wentworthville United will will verse Winston Hills, and Seven Hills in the in the in the uh, Division Two there would verse uh, Hills District. Moving on to Division One again, they have split the tiers here. So in Division 1 TB, you have Wentworthville United versus Hills District. And in T1, you have Cabramatta versus. Cabramatta is versus Hills District there. So the Hills District have three sides across there on the nine. So that's pretty good. Uh, sorry, T, no, sorry, TRA is. Uh, Cabra vs Mounties, TB is Wentworthville vs Hills District, my mistake. On the under 10s, it is All Saints Toongabby vs Greystains in uh, the Division 4. Division 3, it's Cabra Matter vs uh, Fairfield Patrician Brothers. Paracity Titans and Greystains come in the under 10s Division 2. 
and Wentworth Field United versus Hills District in the under-10s. For the under-14 girls, it's All Saints 2 and Gabby versus Redfern All Blacks. Uh, that's at Darling Street at Greystains. So even though Greystains are the away team in that first game, they have the home ground advantage. Moving on to the 11s, Rossfield, um, Rossfield Park there at Canley Heights. It is Guildford under 11s versus our, my very own Blacktown District Rugby League Spartans in the under 11s Division 4. Marconi Mustangs are versing Maryland's Rams in the Division 3 competition. Division 2, you see Wentworthville United versus Hills District. And in 11s, they've split it again, tier A, tier B. In the tier B, it's Fairfield Maulers versus Canley Heights, which will have the home, home ground advantage there. And Wentworth Phil under 11s versus Hills District in the Division 1 Grand Final. Moving on to the under 12s. Layla Park and All Saints Toon Gabby versus each other in the 12s Division 4. Kenley Heights Dragons and Paris City Titans are the under 12s Division 3, which is the competition, the division that the boys were in. These sides have come together twice in the last two weeks, uh, four weeks already. In the last round of competition, Paris City Titans defeated Canley Heights 12-10 in the first week of semi-finals. Canley Heights defeated Paris City Titans 16 points to 10, and now they meet in the grand final. So it'll be interesting to to see um, how that goes, and if the parents can just stay quiet in that game, that'll be very good because the parents are very vocal on both sides. Under 12s Div 2 Greystains versus Cabramatta. Under 12s TB. In Division 1 is Rouse Hill, Rhinos and Hills District. In Tier A it is Guildford under 12s having the home side advantage against Paris City Titans and that's at McCready Park at Guildford. For the 13s and the 14s and the 15s are all at Ringrose Park at Wenny. So 13s Div 4 is Rouse Hill versus Canley Heights. 13s Div 3 is Fairfield Patrician Brothers versus Mounties. 13s Div 2 is Marconi Mustangs versus Hill, uh, Winston Hills on the 13s. Uh, Marconi Mustangs 14s versus Kellyville. All Saints Toon Gabby are versus Winston Hills. Winston Hills and Mounties have the under 15s Div 3. And the under 15s Div 2 is the Hills District versus All Saints Toon Gabby. And yeah, we've got some Division 1 games as well. They're getting played at the Parramatta Training Centre as well, mate. So. There's some good games on out in the Parramatta District this weekend for grand finals. You're not doing anything, get them, get amongst the crowd, and get with some young talent that's coming through. And that's Rugby League Around the Ground. Stay tuned for the preview of Round 24. Preview Round 24, Thursday, Cowboys vs. Dogs at 1300 Smile Stadium. The Cowboys got a morale-boosting win last week over the slumping Panthers, grabbing a little ray of sunshine in the otherwise glooming season. The Bulldogs, winners of the past four games out of six of their previous eight. They are among the hottest teams in the NRL and have come from nowhere to be within striking distance of a top eight finish. For the Cowboys to win, they'll need to draw strength from teammate Matt Scott's serious health scare and put together an inspiration inspired performance to overcome the Panthers. Like they, did, like they did when they overcome the Panthers last week. They'll need to arm themselves with the same intensity and will to win and keep turning up defensively like they did with some try saving tackles last week. For the Dogs, 
now that they've defined the odds to give themselves a shot at the top eight finish, the Dogs should be suitably motivated to make it five straight wins. Key matchups for me is Morgan versus Foran. For the Cowboys, they're unchanged. For the Dog, they just make one change if Ockenball comes in for the suspension of Remen Smith. Yeah, my key matchup is uh, the fullbacks Scott Drinkwater and Dallin Watteni Zalesniak. Uh, to me, if any of them get in the break, they're going to be lightning quick for their team. Uh, off the back of uh, the, the rejuvenated dogs, I've tipped the dogs this week, mate. Uh, dogs won the 12. I've picked the Cowboys to boost some confidence um, and finish with a home win going to 2020. Friday night, first game, Warriors vs South at Mount Smart Stadium. After a recent run of losses, the Rabbitohs claimed a much needed win over Brisbane last week to remain in the hunt for a top four spot. Victory over the Warriors would have set up... Victory over the Warriors will have set up a high-stakes final round clash with the Roosters next week. The Warriors appear to have shut up shop for 2019 and could be in for another heavy loss if they don't knuckle down. Warriors to win, they will need to man up in defence. For South, just continue on last week's momentum. Key matchup here are the Rakes, uh, Damon Cook and Isaac Luke. so for the Warriors, Kate Nicarima has earned a recall to the starting lineup with Chanel Harris DeVita switching to the bench. Agnardis Parsi is also back as starting prop in his 100th NRL game, while Lachlan Burr will come off the bench. Blake Ashford was dropped to the reserves, and Liggy Sato has been promoted to the bench. For the South, uh, Captain Sam Burgess, Quad, Alex Johnson, Hamstring, and Kyle Turner Hamstring have all been named to return for the trip to Auckland. Burgess takes over at prop from Junior Totola, who goes to the bench. Johnson has been named on the wing in a new look backline, which sends Dave Gagai and Campbell Graham moving to the centres, and Corey Allen on the wing, and Turner will come back on the bench in his first match since round 21. And Ethan Lowe also returns via the bench after missing the win over the Broncos. James Robert is suspended. Mate, how do you see this? Yeah, like you said, the Warriors are shut up shop. Um, South Sydney have been played into a little bit of form last week. Um, you know, they get Johnson, Burgess, Turner back. Uh, Gagway prefers to play in the centres. Um, so I feel they'll go to New Zealand and get the two points. And then if the results go their way, um, they might be able to sneak into the four there. And then there's all to play for against the Roosters in the final round. Yeah, for me, it's it's strange that they've got Adam Dewey at fullback over Alex, Alex Johnson and Corey Allen, who are both out and out fullbacks. I want to play fullback. Really, really strange, but we'll see how how pans out as you know as that that dodgeball scene is. It's a a strange one, but we'll see how it goes. I pick South too. It's a no-brainer. Broncos vs Eels at Suncorp. The Broncos might be still licking their wounds after failing to square the 2019 ledger with the Rebels last week. They are back on home turf on Friday night against another team above them on the ladder and might. and maybe still haunted by the 38-10 thrashing from Parramatta back in round 14. The Eels became the Bulldogs' latest victim last week and simply can't afford another loss if they are any chance of sneaking into the top four. 
For the Broncos to win, they'll need to give early ball to their outside backs. For the Eels, they'll need to go back to playing smart football, completing their sets and not trying to play touch football and being all fancy. My key matchup is Milford versus Gutho at the back. Broncos, they're unchanged from their defeat to the Rebels last week. With the Eels, they welcome um, back Blake Ferguson. Um, he's been named for the first game since round 17. Fergo returns to his Brad Takarini, revert to the bench. Morata um, Nikore comes into the starting lineup for suspended Nathan Brown. Yeah, I like the, I like the look of the uh, the back line, uh, the back row here. Fafita versus Lane, Gillett versus Manu Ma'al, and then yeah, Hock often Hengawi up against Nikora. That's going to be a, a a good tussle up there on on the edge, on both sides there. That's probably where this game will be won. I reckon is through the back row. If Moses and, and Manu Ma'al can link up like they tried to last week against the Dogs. Um, yeah, he he's lo- he looks devastating on that on that right edge, but he's just got to catch the ball, and Moses has to give the ball to him at the right time. I've picked Eels for this. Uh, yeah, just pure and simple Eels. Uh, I picked the Broncos after the effort from last week. Um, I feel that maybe the Eels might get um, outmuscled by the Broncos' big forward pack, but we'll see what happens. Knights. Uh, versus Titans at McDonald's Jones Stadium for their last home game of the year. Newcastle season is alive, albeit only just. They've got to win against the cellar-dwelling Titans to keep it like that. With four and against on their side, the Knights simply need to beat Gold Coast at McDonald's Jones Stadium to set up a round 25 date with Penrith to determine their fate. Resigned to the wooden spoon... There's nothing at stake for the Titans except pride, but they would no doubt take pleasure in spoiling another team's finals hopes. On the plus side, they have won five from their past seven against Newcastle. Knights to win, they just need to run hard, tackle hard, and put pride back in that jersey. For the Titans, it's simple. Just complete their sets, turn up and play. Key matchups here will be David Clemmer up against Jai Arrow, even though Jai Arrow is playing lock. He will run up the middle against uh, David Clemmer. I saw uh, Moaki Fotuwaka re-sign with the Titans this week, so that's uh, that's good for them. Uh, for the Knights, Connor Watson returns at nine for the injured Danny Levi. Uh, Jared Wallace has returned to the starting lineup of prop with Jai Arrow moving back to the lock. Nathan Peets shifts back to hooker after Mitch Rain was suspended. Uh, will Matthews is the new face on the bench. Dale. Knights for me. Um, they need to put in that. They need to put in a performance. They'll be packed out there 3 p.m. on Saturday. Um, and Mate, I've tipped the Titans, and bold prediction is that Knights will be booed off the field by their fans after a yet another dismal performance. Hope not, but it's on the cards. <laughs> Manly versus Storm at Brookie. You can bet Melbourne will be desperate to upstage arch rivals Manly after losing a golden point thrower back in round 19. Manly have shown again they mean business in in 2019 after again knocking off a big team in the Raiders last week. We've seen many fiery clashes between these two sides. Uh, Lotto Lane Precy not 
released the infamous Battle of Brookie in 2011, so expect the heat to be turned up again. For me, some key matchups here are the Bash Brothers, Adam Fanil Blake, and Marty Tapao up against Nelson Asola. Nelson, whatever his name is. Nelson Asafa up against Jesse Bromwich, or you can have another big battle with Fanukin up against JT. With Manly, the Joel Thompson is ruled out with a broken arm, and Curtis Searin returns from a hamstring. He's still been named. He's still been named. Yeah, still been named. Okay, awesome. Um, and with the Storm, Will Chambers returns after being rested last week. Curtis Scott goes back to reserve grade, while Brody Croft was also um, named among the reserves after being again rested last week. <laughs> Tino. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's not laughing. <laughs> Tina has been promoted. Some of these names are absolutely killing me. Um, I read a story today about this Brody Croft. Apparently, he's on the outer at Melbourne. Um, he wasn't rested last week. He was actually dropped. Mm, and they're saying that he's been. They're trying. They've been resting players. Well, isn't it must? Uh, well, Munster's already had a rest, but when did someone else's turn have a rest? Like, well, you know, Hughes has had some head knocks. Surely he gets a rest. They were, well, they, they had the Jesse, Jesse Bromwich was talking in, in the, just before we ran out for, um, for warm-up, and it was concerning what he said. He was like, um, you know, they said, oh, it's going to be tough without Brodie Croft, and he goes, oh, we've won it without him before we'll win again. You know, I mean, not like you know, there's this, you know, these big, these journalists have taken something from them, they've made a story upon it because that's in the stuff that's been all in the headlines today. That he's on the he's on the out of there because they want Hughes to play. He hasn't lived up to the Cronk status, and they want Hughes to play seven, and they want to keep Papperhausen and put him at one. I don't see Hughes being the next Cronk either. I, I I feel Melbourne will go through a series of different halfbacks until they find one similar. But in saying that, they've got Jerome Hughes, they've got Brody Croft, they've got Billy Walters, and then, and then on top of it all, they've got Cooper Johns as well. So, uh, and, and there is another half lane around there as well on the development contract as well. So they've got halves there, whether or not they can be fast-tracked. Max King looked good last, um, coming off the bench. I think he debuted. Yeah. Um, oh, he's playing again this week too. Yeah, he's a big boy. Um, uh, I've tipped the storm there, and... Could we see scenes of Adam Blair and Glenn Stewart again? I sincerely hope so. <laughs> or Adam Fiddle Blake is in the headlines, bloody doing the, the, the crybaby stuff. Ah, oh, that the stuff there. And then, yeah, Buzz Rothfield telling him to grow up. Buzz needs Inferno. to. Ferner. No, Ferner told him to grow up. Uh, oh, yeah, was, Buzz Rothfield blew up about it as well. You know, Buzz Rothfield can just go and retire for all I care. <laughs> Roosters, Panthers at the uh, old lady, the SCG. The equation is simple for Penrith. Beat the Premiers at SEG or forget about playing finals this year. Disappointing defeat to North Queensland last week. Kept the Panthers outside top eight with two rounds to go. Consecutive victories are required for Cleary's men to potentially salvage their season. And Topland and the Roosters would give would give a, uh, a stellar start to a prospective uh, playoffs appearance. The Roosters are coming off a, a thumping defeat of St George. Even though they didn't go at 100% for 80 minutes of the game, but they also look ominous as well heading towards the business end of 2019. Roosters to win, they need to cut out the errors and the piggyback penalties that 
that would keep Penrith from playing out of their own ground. Uh, their own end, sorry. Uh, for Penrith to win, they need to stop the running meters of the Roosters back five, and they also need to stop running sideways. That's simple here. Uh, the key matchup here, guys, is the Battle of the Halves. It is Maloney and Cleary up against Keary and Cronk. Uh, you know, Nathan Cleary should be up against this match. He should be pumped up, ready to go for this one. Uh, you know, he really wants to... Uh, Put it up against one of the best halfbacks in the game. Well, this is the best halfback in the game. Just one change to the side, which beat the Dragons with star centre Latrell Mitchell back on deck and youngster Billy Smith dropping into the reserves list at 21. However, he hasn't been named for the Bears. So I dare say he will most likely travel, if not play again, and they might rest Manu, Manu or they might just rest Latrell again after his captain's run and keep him nice and fresh for the finals mate for Panthers Moses Leota has been named to start a prop Fisher Harris goes back to lock and Isaiah Yo is out of the side altogether been one of the best players all year and they've dropped him okay there was other players I would have dropped beforehand but okay Jerome Luai returns after playing reserve grade last week. He was he was good without being flashed coming back from that eye socket injury out at Bear Park. Also on the bench is 20-year-old back rower Billy Burns, who is set to make his NRL debut. Dale, I've gone Roosters here. I don't see Penrith tumbling the Roosters as much as I'd love it. They get up, I'm happy. But I don't see it happening. I see it probably being a, lot, a much tighter fight. I'm just hoping Cleary gets them driven during the middle during the middle of the week, and they turn up with a game, mate. What about you? Yeah, I picked the Roosters. Um, if the Panthers don't Panthers don't man up, it could get ugly, um, and maybe um, some flights to Bali might be booked at um, Panthers um, Westfields on Monday morning <laughs> or Sunday morning. <laughs> All right, on the Sunday, Father's Day. Sharks vs Raiders at Points Bet Stadium. After moving into seventh with three straight wins, the Sharks can book their finals ticket by beating the Raiders. The motion from Gallon's farewell to Shark Park can be the catastrophe of the commitment performance in harnessed if harnessed properly. There's been no better Cronulla servant than Gallant and the team will be desperate to give him a parting win. Um, I haven't come up with any key matches here. Where's this one for the Sharks and Raiders? Yes, I'll uh, come back to that. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll have a look, mate, and I'll get back to you. Keep Sharks, um, they're welcome back. Fecky, oh, no, Fecky's out um, and replaced by uh, Katoa. And on the bench, Jason Pukia comes in for Jack Williams, who is out with an ankle injury. For the Raiders, they lose suspended. Quattrick come goes to the centre, and Bailey Simpson um, starts, and the new man on the bench. Is Havili. Um, yeah, you know, Wayne Graham. No, key matchups here. Yeah, that's one of them. The key matches ups will probably be uh, Shanze up against Josh Dugan. Mm. Uh, Shanze had a haircut on the weekend too, which was something different. Um, Sherry, uh, Sherry and, and Kotrick. Do they're on yeah. that side? Yeah. Um, the young fellas there. And you got Croker. If I, if I was Ryan Sutton, I'd be taking Paul Gallon on hard. Who's Croker's against Morris? 
Yeah. Crocus will be up against yeah, Crocus will be against Morris. But yeah, you know Caesar wants to be a top four a top four um a top four uh player in 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 terms of uh uh, halfback wants to be, uh, you know, renowned for being a top four halfback. He needs to, he needs to shut out the Sharks. And I've uh, tipped the Raiders, mate. I really think the Raiders will come back hard after this match. I've tipped the Sharks only because it's Callan's farewell. But then again, he's the biggest loser. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm hoping that. Um, I'll pick the Sharks only because I know everyone will pick the Raiders to try and catch up some points. But also, it's Father's Day and also it's sold out there, Shark Park, too. So there's no more tickets available. Um, if you are a member and you can't get to the game, um, I suggest you, you know, give some. I know there's a lot of people being on social media, the Sharks stuff that they, you know, people can't get tickets to. Or not. If you can't go, touch base with the people on Facebook and give up that ticket, or maybe they can buy it off you for, you know, um, for, for a general admission cost sort of thing. But um, Gallon does, you know, we all know what Gallon's, you know, Gallon has his ups and his downs, um, but he deserves to be, that Shark Park to be pumping out there on Sunday afternoon. Hopefully it's good weather, and um, so hopefully they send him out a win. If not, um, you know, just, let's just, let's just be, let's just be loud. Um, and all the hashtag thanks, thanks Gallon's all going to be out there. They're wearing that special jersey, and... You know, a fun day out there, Shark Park. I want to see a couple of blokes on the hill dressed up as a G-Train. A couple of them as the carriages at the back and one as a G-Train at the front. That'll be off its head if that happens. Oh, that'll be, yeah, that'll be top quality anyway. I'm looking at my man Tony Mamo. He'll be out there. What about the Prime Minister? <laughs> ScoMo! ScoMo. Final game, round 24. Dragons, Tigers, again at the SCG. Two games at the SCG, one day after another. That ground is going to be absolutely... Ankle breaking, especially with all the rain that's forecast as well. Ankle breakers, mate. Ankle breakers. That's what's going to be. Being outside the top eight with two rounds to go is not ideal, but last week's big win gave West Tigers renewed hope of playing finals. Tigers are still battering an injury pile, but will hopefully uh, be. But will be hopeful of getting the job done under strength at the SCG to keep their campaign alive for another week. Key matchups here. I'm looking at the half pairing. Dragons again have changed their halves. They got Widdop and Norman again, uh, and you got Marshall and Brooks. So they're they're the halves there um, that I I'd be looking at. Uh, young Tristan Saylor has been given the custodian role. He's got the jersey number one this week. Uh, ben Hunt's sitting there. He's been he's been named in the reserves in jersey twenty one. Patrick Kafusi is on the bench. Uh, so Jacob Post has dropped out, and Tigers are unchanged from last week. So that's good to see. I need the Dragons to win um, if the Knights have got a chance there. I've tipped Tigers, plain and simple. Plain and simple, yeah. I, I really like how Tristan uh, played last week. I saw some highlights and stuff, but um, chime in, chime out. He's got that some footwork. He's electric um, off the mark. So. Um, Hopefully he's in the top 30 next year and, and move from there, uh, moving forward from there. But that's the final round, round 24. Can't believe it. One round to go after this week. All right, guys, stay tuned. Um, Billy, the Welsh wizard uh, from the Mighty Ducks, will be up on very shortly to talk everything rugby league over there in the UK or Wales, whatever you want to call it, and we'll be chatting also about the London Nines. So stay tuned for
All right, here we are. We got um, Billy. We call him the Welsh, um, the Welsh Wizard, and uh, he's the founder, the co-owner, or the creator of the Welsh Mighty Ducks. Um, we've got him on the phone all the way from from the UK. Uh, how you going, mate? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Thanks. Good, good. We'll jump into it, mate. Just give us a little um, a little chat around about you know rugby league uh, in Wales and um, how it's all going over there. This is a, it's a bit crazy in Wales at the moment. So they have a, they do have a Welsh league, but um, not all Welsh teams compete in it. Uh, so that there's about five teams from South Wales in that. And then there's three teams from South Wales who play in the Southern Conference in England. And uh, to be fair, they're all the strongest teams in that conference. Uh, and then there's a team in North Wales who play North West uh, men's. And then up from there, it's all Origin League and, and then into Dragonaut. Yeah, no yeah. So uh, are they amateur or are they semi-professional uh, teams over there, mate? Yeah, so uh, they're all the ones I just told you about there are uh, amateur. And then uh, you've got the West Wales Eagles, who are the southern uh, semi-pro team. And then you've got North Wales who are the northern uh, semi-pro team. The producer just seems to be picking up a bit of form, to be honest. So they're not looking too bad. Yeah, yeah. Origin side, so Wales have a bit of origin sides, do they? North versus West or West versus South? Which way does it work? Yeah, so uh, in Wales we, we do it in a bit of a three-way competition. So it used to be East versus West and then um, that just incorporated South Wales really, so it's South East versus South West. And then uh, I come along and kind of uh, made a bit of noise and then they've had to include North in that now, so it's a bit of a try period. To be fair, it works. It's quite, it's quite good. Awesome, awesome. All right. So we'll jump into the talk about the ducks. Um, so how and why um, did you did you form um, the ducks? So uh, with North Wales, we're sponsored by London Nines. Uh, so I got talking to Graham Olipin. He's uh, top guy, by the way. Met for the first time this weekend. Really nice boy. Uh, so he asked if I'd, if I'd put a team in, if I'd be interested, and I thought, yeah, yeah, why not, have a bit of fun. And then I started delving into it a bit, and the more I thought about it, the more I thought, well, maybe we can win it. And we originally ended the social and ended up in the elite. And um, to be honest with you, mate, it all came together pretty pretty rapidly. And I'm, glad, I'm really glad we did it. We had an absolute felt in the weekend. Awesome, awesome. So the name, mate, how, how did you come up with the Ducks? Well, obviously we were all synonymous with the Ducks being the uh, hockey team. Uh, was there any kind of synergy there? Well, believe it or not, I was, uh, I was scrolling through Pinterest and I was trying to look for, for a bit of a unique name. And, uh, I was going off logo, really, so I was going to try and find a logo and then try and work a name off that too. I seen a book logo and I, I really liked it, so and it kind of like remodelled and that was not the crux of fun. Did you do the flying V over the weekend? Did you did you have a set move that looked like the flying V? Uh, well, no, we, well, <laughs> <laughs> we'll be working on that. We'll be working on that. We had 10 minutes to prepare for the first game, so there was no flying V coming out there, but... We pulled some good shape against Red Star, and every time we said we were going to spread it, we, we said the call was to lie, so 
We'll we'll, we'll, we'll we'll work on that one, I think. Plenty of ducks, plenty of ducks in Wales. I didn't see many when I was there. <laughs> It is a few. It's a few tight, yeah. <laughs> awesome, mate. Um, so we still talk about the ducks here. So, obviously, what's what's your personal plans and some goals? Um, obviously, moving forward um, with the ducks, you know, this year, next year, or you know, down the track. Where do you? How do you see yourselves uh, fitting in, and where do you see yourselves lying? Yeah. So uh, I think this year's done now. We'll um, we'll take up the as a as an experience we'll learn from, from this year. Uh, we've got the all the squad that played I, I remember communicating with you before it we had a load of dropouts, we had about six dropouts uh, before the tournament. So we've managed to get four lads back in. So we've got a bunch of thirteen lads, every single one of which said they want to do it next year. Um, so I think we're gonna look at expanding to one more tournament next year. I think we're gonna go crazy, I think we're gonna try and build up slow. Uh, that tournament might be abroad, that being said, it depends, but I think we're going to look at forming a committee now, out of the 13 players that we've got, uh, and we'll look at moving forward from there. Potentially Rotterdam, potentially Budapest, but um, they're just it's a bit of a pipe dream at the moment, we'll see where, where we end up. Yeah, no, we'd love to have you down at the Cabra Nines one year. It'd be, it'd be great to see you come down in, into uh, Australia and bring the uh, Welsh Mighty Ducks down here. You got a plan of coming over to Australia, bringing the ducks over here eventually? Oh, that'd be incredible, mate. Yeah, um, I've, I've actually been to Canberra and that before. It's a lovely, lovely pitch. So, uh, yeah, I'd love to get back, uh, especially in an iron format. But, um, we'll take it slow for now. There seems to be a bit of a circuit emerging around the world, as I see, like, Singapore have got one now, Fiji have got one, like, you say, Cabra, Budapest. Rotterdam, London. There seems to be a few emerging now, so if we can, if we can get this working uh, quite efficiently, and you know we get the core players that we need, up Cabramati, why not? In a few years, why not? Yeah, no, it's um nine seem to be like the fastest uh, kind of way to get people used to playing rugby league if they haven't really played it before and you just said that you, you played out on the Cabra pitch before so tell us about some more of your uh, experiences about international footy yeah, Where, so, um, yeah. me personally I've, uh, I've played in Australia I've managed in 2017 I got managed to earn my first cap from Wales students so that was good that was uh, the World Cup in uh, Sydney which was a great trip. That's where I graced the field of Cobra, which was amazing. Um, so then I, I rolled that into the next year. I managed to make the squad in the in 2018 as well, which was great. Uh, and then, yeah, just my, my love for the game takes me places, I suppose. I, I go looking for niche things and ended up playing in the Netherlands this year, which is a bit of an experience. Yeah, how was that, playing over in Amsterdam? Yeah, it was, oh, mate, it was incredible, to be honest. Like, I'll be honest with you, but um, the first game I played was against Amsterdam, and we, I went over to play against Rotterdam, but it ended up getting called off. But the difference between the first game against Amsterdam and the second game against Amsterdam was phenomenal. For that grand final, the standard was raised. Like, uh, was, I can't even explain it. It was like playing a high end. It was probably like playing NCL in England. That's how good it was. 
it was quick, it was oh, it was a really good game and defence finish as well in that final. Awesome. Um that former NRL player for for the Coppers? Yeah, I managed to bundle over Blake Lazarus for a try. I don't think he'll appreciate that, but yeah, I managed to fend him off and find the line, so I was a bit happy with that. <laughs> well, yeah, why not, why not? Um, so you you play in, in the front row, the back row, or where, where, where do you see yourself playing? Yeah, well, um, I'm eating in Spain and not much of it is possible, so as you can imagine, I'm a, I'm a straight-off prop. Really nice in the chain, and a three-minute man. That's it, that's it. Awesome. Um, do you... Believe in the near f- near future or down the track that we might have a you you guys might have a um a Welsh professional side based in Wales you know maybe creeping through the championship or maybe into the Super League. Yeah, well, um, I think to be honest with you, and this is my honest opinion, I believe that West Wales will make that that jump before North Wales. I think League One is. No one's done it. None of the Welsh teams have done it even in League One. Crusaders used to be all right in League One. I'm pretty sure they were in Championship for a bit and they've come back down. But I, be- I genuinely believe if the plan, if it goes to plan at West Wales Raiders, you'll see them shoot up the leagues. They're doing everything right off the field. Everything. There's nothing. There's not one foot wrong with them off the field. What? What do you? And I feel? believe that, that is, they're, they're going to be the one representing Wales soon. You talk, you talk about if everything falls into place, what um, what do you think needs to fall into place? What you know, sponsors, money, or is it a bit more than that? What for West? Yeah, yeah. I think um, so the actual factory and stuff uh, know what they're talking about completely. But because of the area that they're in, which is unfortunate, uh, especially the move to Flanagan now, which is. West, like South West Wales, which is further away than that club's ever been from anywhere in England. Location is a fantastic, but they're working with what they've got really well, and I do believe once they start picking the results up and once they start, you know, they, they might need to get a few more reports in, a few of a better standard of the but everything they're doing for grassroots rugby in Wales is phenomenal, really. And I'm a bit jealous that it's all down south and the north, didn't see any of it. So, uh, do you get much uh, coverage of the NRL games over there, buddy? Uh, yeah, so you can get it on Sky, uh, which, which I have. But then um, I did end up getting watch NRL for a bit, which is a great app. On. I couldn't say better for it. It was really good. I got it while Origin was on, made a little deal. So uh, I actually watched two of the Origin games while I was in work. So do you do you support any one team from uh, the NRO or? Uh, it's tough on that really because I used to always say that I supported West Tigers, but then I don't know whether that was just because of O'Ryan, and I find myself now going more and more for the Panthers every week. Oh, I love the love the Panthers. <laughs> who's your, who's your? Yeah, um... We have to stay at the ball, Penrith. Who, that's a, that's our local side. We just live uh, very close to them. But any um any exciting players that excite you over here that you've seen you watched on TV or watched on the app? Oh well, obviously uh, being a forward, there's a few few great forwards coming out. That's to be a Pangai Junior. He 
He's something else. He's going to be some player. He's, he's, ma- he's massive and he's still got to grow a bit too. Oh, he's, he's going to be some player. Let's have... Also, to be honest, uh, I quite like uh, that Bronson Sherry as well. Yeah, Bronson Sherry, yeah. He's quick, isn't he? He's tearing it up. You give him half a gap and he's, he is gone. 100% he's gone. Um, I did see that you're at the Challenge Cup. Um... The attendance was pretty poor over the um, the recent years. Can you put that down to they thought this St Helens was going to run away with it like they are in the Super League at the moment, or um, ticket prices, or what do you think it come down to? Um, I think last year, last year was a bit of an anomaly. So like Helens making the final, they don't get loads of fans to their home games in France anyway, so it was never going to be good. But the way the RFL have handled that by saying they have to buy into the competition and stuff is appalling really but uh, I can't really speak for other years this year though um, Witness made that 1895 uh, cup final which was, which was played after the Challenge Cup final and Witness took thousands of fans so that should have bumped it up this year I think I read, I read it was 62,000 this year which isn't too bad for an 80 seater stadium to be honest 80,000 so moving on to uh, obviously the London Nines that happened over the weekend, mate. Uh, I saw you had a tough first out opponent against uh, Africa United. <laughs> if, uh, if if the world if the worlds were if the worlds were uh, differently aligned, I would have been over there actually as their coach. But I had to be over here for my juniors side, which were in the semis, kind of as the boys were flying out. So, um, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty athletic, aren't they? For the for a bunch of um, boys that just kind of gelled together in the last. Oh, I think they had six of their boys at an Oztag fundraiser about three weeks ago. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, they were. To be honest, mate, they were probably the hardest team we faced. I mean, we got there late, set up late, got our jerseys together, found somewhere to lay down, and then Graham was over saying we had 10 minutes to get on the pitch, and we didn't, we hadn't talked through structure, we hadn't had a warm-up, we just kind of got on the pitch and tried to play a bit of ball, and they certainly shown us that you can't just take them lightly, let me tell you. So, uh, which, one, which, one, which one of the boys did you kind of... Uh fear tackling uh, from Africa yeah from Africa uh, they, had a, they had a big guy prof um, he actually if, if you watch the live stream I think he actually sent me about 20 yards I ended up in the hot dog stand I think yeah so that would that that would have been probably Farouz I reckon Farouz is the big is the big kind of prop in, in that side there um yeah, so tell us about like, the rest of the games, the other games that you came up against. I know you came up against uh, Red Star Belgrade, and uh, did you come up against Edinburgh Eagles as well? Yeah, so uh, we played a uh, heritage side from the UK, Africa, West Africa. Uh, that was a mixture of Nigeria, Ghanaian players. Uh, I actually used to play sevens with one of the guys who played for them, so it was nice to see him. I haven't seen it for a few years. So. But uh, they came after the... Africa United game, we went off to the side on a side pitch, we started trying to drill a bit of structure in and uh, to be fair we started opening up in the structure 
second version there, uh, which was a bit heartbreaking. And then we moved on to play Edinburgh, which we won by two conversions, uh, which was good because they were a strong side. Their results didn't, didn't really show it, but they were a very strong side. Uh, I think they probably substitutes didn't do them any justice. I don't think they had many subs. And they were tough, but then obviously we'd, we'd worked on that structure and we, we thought we'd give give Red Star a bit of a go. I actually said to the boys before we, we started the tournament, I said, Red Star will just try and gut the middle and you can put it whichever way they want. They had a West Wales prop, Sam Heron, playing for them, big Scottish guy, and uh, he used to play for them last year and... I said, they're just going to try and gut us up the middle. And you could see it was their game. It worked against the African sides who were nice and jinky and they, they tried to play the edge and stuff and it worked against teams like them. But I said, we'll, we'll hold them in the middle and it'll be interesting to see whether they can change their plan to spread it out wide. And yeah, we, I think we ended up beating them 16-6. So great result against a semi-pro team. Uh, and then, yeah, we finished off against Roots who beat us 16-6. Uh, we were at six points to four up with two minutes to go. And uh, they had a set where the ball bounced absolutely perfect for their winger. And it, you could have kicked that ball a thousand times and it would have took that bounce once. But it <laughs> set up perfect for him and it, that, was, that was it. That was heartbreak. That was, that was us out the comp. But we finished fourth for a bunch of guys who were just thrown together last minute. Like I said, six dropouts, so we had four brand new players come in that week, and yeah, I thought we did. I thought we did well. I was proud, to be honest. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome, mate. Um, so it was pretty hot over there. I saw some of the footage. Um, 30, 35 degrees. What was it? Oh yeah, it's uh, <laughs> very hot. Very Maybe hot. the um, the, the African United. Sydney based today. They, they probably have put over the weather quite well. Yeah, probably. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, most of those boys there are, um, are from Sydney. There were, I think there was maybe one or two that might have been from Melbourne. And then we had some boys from the local area in England come in. Uh, just getting back to that. So, obviously, the boys have, you know, most of those boys that were there, they've come through a junior league system over here in um, Australia. Did it show that? Did it show that even in the um, semi-pro ranks of uh, Australia, there, there's a gap difference between you guys over in the northern hemisphere and us in the southern hemisphere? Oh, one hundred percent. I think uh, as well the the nines format is really hard to adjust to. Because like with it being our first tournament, we didn't really know which what sort of systems to play. Whether we were supposed to play it like sevens, whether we were supposed to just try to chuck it about and. Uh, one of our guys actually played in the Commonwealth Nines uh, about two years ago now, I think, uh, for the Wales under-21s. And he said the best way to deal with it is go out and pretend you've had seven, uh, pretend you've had four red cards and just play normal rugby league. So the first game we tried throwing it about a bit and we realised that wasn't working, but that, that African United side, well drilled, the middles did, did their job perfect and they... They cut us through on the edges, but yeah, definitely, you can tell the standard difference uh, a mile off. Yeah, just personally, I'm hoping that the uh, the Africa boys actually come back buoyed from this and and we push on because we've got a uh, we got we got a lot of heritage games coming up over the summer. 
Um, so, so, so a part of those boys there are, are South Sudanese, and we actually did take out the uh, Cabra Nine Trophies final this year. So, it's it's actually kind of uh, been a really good year for a, a small crux of the boys there that are South Sudanese or Sudan. They've they've actually um, they've actually won two trophies in the first year, mate. But you're going to get bigger and better. You're going to get bigger and better. Um, we've had a, an absolute ball chatting to you, mate. And, uh, yeah, we'd love to see you, obviously, as an ambassador of you guys. We'd love to see you guys make your way down the Cabra Nines. And uh, any way possible, we'll try to help that out, mate. Oh, that'd be awesome, mate. We'd love to be there, honestly. Um, yeah, I just want to, before we go, I would just like to say a shout-out for... Um, uh, one of the guys that I know actually he came, he came over to play for Banger Buffaloes in the social comp and he ended up actually pulling a jersey on for you boys Usman Payne he's a Senegalese heritage player and uh, yeah. he come on for you guys and he did not look out of place honestly I didn't actually know he could play that well so shout out to Usman man he, he played really well Oh yeah, yeah, no, um, yeah. Steve just sent me a, a, a team list of uh, the, of the boys there, so yeah, he, he's down there as one of the English players. Uh, Peter Wampa, Wampamba, uh, Raul Sutcliffe, and uh, um, Amin Pimo Emmanuel is also the other players that played as well from the uh, English contingent. Yeah, I think I played I played against uh, one as well, maybe. Yeah, I mean. So London Knights, uh, it's just going to keep building. Hopefully, they get some more teams. Um, so obviously, um, Graham, it was up to him just to build it and whatnot. But um, it's on again next year, or what's the plans? Yeah, one of them. And that's the final whistle.